Welcome to the new Cyber Frontier, bringing you the latest news, trends, and hottest topics that focus on advances in cybersecurity and cyber industry economics. Our expert yet down-to-earth hosts make cybersecurity straightforward. They ask the tough questions and make this challenging topic something that everyone can understand. Our candid approach lets guests open up on topics we would all like to see addressed. You can find us on the web at newcyberfrontier.com. That's www.newcyberfrontier.com. Now join today's host as he introduces the topic for today's New Cyber Frontier. Welcome to today's episode of New Cyber Frontier. And as always, a special treat when I can get somebody in studio here in the post-COVID days. We do have some uh, Trevor who is uh, braving the, um, the COVID scare to come out to the studio. And uh, Deertroff your last name, right? Deerdorf. Deerdorf. Trevor Deerdorf is the founder and CEO of Amnet. Um, he likes to go by Visionary on the internal. Um, and we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk today about selling cybersecurity, uh, a topic that's near and dear to me at this stage in my business. And Trevor kind of picking his brain today. We'll go with that. And uh, definitely working in the, in the, heat of the cybersecurity industry and a very successful operating business here uh, locally that uh, I've known for some for a good while. Uh, but Trevor, welcome today. Thanks Thank for joining. You. Glad to be here. So tell us about yourself. What get got you to the point where you have a, a successful business operating here in cybersecurity locally? Well, it was, I think it was more of an accident than anything. When I started my business, I was in the 90s. I was a PC tech at Best Buy. So now they call them the Geek Squad, right? But yeah, it was before Geek Squad. We were working on Windows 3.1, Windows 95 machines. You know, back when hardware was hard. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, I saw the, the pool toy iMac come out, and um, those, those, <laughs> those were the float? days. They looked like they could. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I, I saw an opportunity for on-site support for small business and growing need for better IT. And uh, I started while I was at Best Buy and never actually intended to have employees, but within uh, nine months of going out on my own, I had to hire my first employee and hired my second employee six months later. We're at 16 people now, and um, yeah, we're just continuing continuing to evolve and grow. But uh, for an IT firm to not specialize or become experts in cybersecurity today, they're just not keeping up. They're missing the boat. Uh huh. So you started as at IT, and now you feel your expertise is in cybersecurity. We're both a managed services provider and a managed cybersecurity provider. We're actually named to the um, top 200 MSSPs list earlier this year. Oh, so that's congratulations. Top 200 globally. Uh, I think a lot of that has to do with not the size of our firm, but the comprehensiveness of our solutions. Interesting. So what's the secret there? You know, we really started with the uh, the NIST cybersecurity framework, and there are now, what, 178 controls? It was 140 uh-huh. back then, but with identify, protect, detect, respond, and recover, you know, you've got, if you graph that out with our cyber defense matrix, 
you've got that across your columns and then your rows, you've got devices, applications, networks, data, users, and you've got to, where all those intersect, you've got to have a solution to fill that gap. And it, uh, taking that approach helped us to really meet some of those requirements for, for the NIST CSF and help yeah. some of our DOD clients with their 800-171 compliance. So you mostly DOD or do you do private sector? What's your... We are probably 90% private sector. Okay. Uh, and then we've got some other interesting ones. Like today I had a meeting with a client of ours who's City of Florence, which is a small city, but we've also got to manage their police department, and they've got requirements for the Colorado Bureau of Investigations, uh, which is CJIS, mm -hmm. uh, Criminal Justice Information Security. Um, but then they've also got a water treatment and delivery, which you've got to deal with SCADA, which SCADA is how they manage water. Uh -huh. And uh, it's a big concern of the FBI and things that, and Homeland Security, that SCADA systems could become compromised. And, you know, if terrorists could shut off our water for a month, we'd have pandemonium. Yeah, I remember that right, right after 9-11, all the uh, reservoirs had barricades around them and armed guards, guards and stuff. Let's take a break. We're here from our sponsors. We'll be right back in a minute. You bet. Cyber Resilience Institute helps build strong cyber communities designed to prevent members from attack. Like building a neighborhood watch, it takes coordination and a sharing community to protect our identities and valuables in the virtual world. Typically, we hear that organizations know they need to do something to protect their cyber assets, but don't know where to begin. Let Cyber Resilience Institute help your community create an action plan. Cyber Resilience Institute will build your community or business marketplace so that it is designed to support a collective cyber defense. Contact them for more information at cyberresilienceinstitute.org. Welcome back to New Cyber Frontier. Uh, on today, Trevor Deerdorf, Deerdorf, right? Deerdorf. Deerdorf. Um, and he's the founder and CEO of Amnet. And uh, today we're gonna, we're talking about, we went through your background a little bit, how you got to where you're at, but uh, selling cybersecurity. So the biggest thing, I, I wonder how can we model other organizations or other industries, but um, cybersecurity, we're all experts. There's not, you know, if you're selling a product, you become a product company. You might have a, pro a cybersecurity product, but we sell our expertise. We get employees that are that are well knowledgeable, know how to do something, and it's like a consult. It's consulting. We sell the service. So if we're all selling expertise, how do you determine which one is the better expert? How do you rank them? It's all opinion. It's all kind of perception. So selling cybersecurity often becomes our biggest challenge. And especially because most cybersecurity people are not the biggest communicators. They'd rather do the work, be in a little bit in the back background. And so the role of kind of the visionary of a company like yourself and pulling together that market and being as successful as you have, tell us about your thoughts of how, how we do that, how we arrange to sell. How do we establish value to our clients? Well, I think the, the dilemma comes in with your classical uh, technical person who's drawn to the technical industry overwhelmingly end up being uh, Myers-Briggs. I don't want to get too deep in the weeds on personality types, but they tend to be an ISTJ, mm -hmm. that introvert type who went into technology because they'd rather 
interface with silicon-based life forms than carbon-based ones. And, um, you know, the, the classic computer guy it hasn't got the best people skills. But whether you are working in a managed service provider company like Amnet, um, or you're working as a CISO at a major corporation, if you can't convince the people who write the checks that they need to write the checks, mm -hmm. you won't be able to do your job right. You won't be able to implement the solutions that uh, keep that, that organization protected. Mm -hmm. So is it then the people that have that selling capability, the companies that end up rising to the top, even though their talent might be kind of even or their capabilities? You know, I, I think, yes, the companies and people who are good at winning others over, mm -hmm. uh, people who can uh, convince people that they have good ideas and they're competent, uh, will outpace those who don't. But I don't think it's necessarily you know, a, a genetic thing. Mm -hmm. Sure, some people are born better at sales than others, but things can be learned. Yeah. And um, you and I didn't, we weren't born knowing how to walk. We had to learn. And you know what? We were terrible at it for years. I still trip all the time. <laughs> um, it was something we had to learn. And so even if you are technically inclined and you're not strong speaking with people about ideas, uh, you can learn it. And you should. And you will excel beyond your peers if you do. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I know I, back in, um, I've been in cybersecurity for a while, and there's been some very successful we'll say institutes even, and I'll name one as SANS. And I remember being involved or interfacing with them very early on when they were just a couple handful of guys with an idea about making an education platform. Um, and I actually remember at the time there was a competing institute out there it doesn't exist anymore, so I won't even name it, that was technically far superior to what I saw with SANS. And I remember getting on board with those guys thinking they're going to go places because they know what they're talking about. And I see a lot of flashy marketing stuff over here on this other side, you know. And um, it seems like that's what brought the numbers, that's what brought the growth, whether they're technically top capable or not, they're the ones left. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like a tale of two cities that I saw personally there. Um, and it's like they stepped outside of their comfort level to say, our main focus is going to be getting everybody to see this graphically, visibly, message out there, um, making it look really good. And you know what? I I've never taken a class from SANS, but yet... And I know a lot of people have never taken class from SANS, but yet they have the reputation for quality that they've established with their business and their vision and their marketing. Absolutely. So how do we imitate that? Do we ignore the technical and go after the what makes things sell? You know, take a lesson from, you know, whatever marketing firm we can find. Or do we... You'll get a balance there. You know, when you're starting out, you kind of have to wear all the hats. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, you've got to be technically solid to back up what you've sold. If you start selling something you can't deliver, 
you're not going to be in business either. Mm-hmm. Um, but as you grow, figure out what your strengths are and focus on that. For me, as a founder at Amnet, uh, I grew the business to the point that we plateaued because I had outgrown my ability to run it from an operational standpoint. Mm-hmm. I'm a big picture guy. I'm not great at details. Um, great, I can go do the server project and, and roll out a, a huge wireless network project, but then if I don't get around to billing it, <laughs> that becomes a problem. Uh, man, I started, I didn't have QuickBooks when I started. I was billing people out of, I hate to admit this, I was doing uh, Excel templates that I was... <laughs> Uh-huh. And then print, I was keeping print them track. as a PDF and send them out in a ma- uh, email, right? Yeah, and I was you know tracking it all in a spreadsheet sometimes. So um, as a visionary with my company, I got I grew to the point that I was able to hire somebody to be an integrator, and these are concepts that are in uh, Gino Wickman's traction series and the book I'm listening to right now, Rocket Fuel. Covers so yeah, some, we some of that. We, we talked about that right before the show, and there's a couple pieces that you're saying are recommended there. The visionary, the integrator, is there another mm-hmm. one? No, I mean, every every organization needs a visionary and integrator. And then you've pretty much got three different components to um, any organization, which is you know sales and marketing, operations, which is delivering your product or your service, uh, and then your accounting and administration side of things. And so even a small firm eventually needs to have a visionary and integrator someone who's vice president of each of those other three categories. Uh-huh. So it's kind of like um, three under each visionary and integrator that you go down no. from there. Is it how it works? So th- those those departments are under the integrator. Gotcha. Um, visionary. We visionaries don't tend to be good managers or very good at holding people accountable. But that's a that's more of a business talk than a, than a cybersecurity discussion. But definitely important when it comes to growing the business. I guess if we're talking about selling cybersecurity, we're on that that external. You know, how do we position it? Um, and you you had mentioned earlier making a plateau and then identifying some ways to get past that. And that was an internal thing. Was there an external piece to that, getting past that plateau? You know, I, I think what you have to do is have the humility to figure out when you are the roadblock. Um, gotcha. When when you are at your limit for being able to do what you can do, and you've got to bring in people who are stronger in those areas than you are, and you've got to make enough money to get to that point to be able to bring people in. Uh huh. So that's kind of that in between balance is: can you grow enough with the ad hoc income, revenue, sales you have to get to that point where you hire these pieces or bring these pieces in that balance out your your talent? You know, I would say one of the things that made a difference at Amnet um, with growing my business. So as a as a solopreneur, I started out uh, running around doing all the work, doing all the billing, 20-hour days sometimes. Mm-hmm. Most small IT firms, when they grow from one person to two people, usually that founder is going to hire somebody junior to them. Mm-hmm. to make some of the noise go away so they can focus on the big stuff. What they've done is if they've just taken their average talent level down instead of up. I hired somebody who was better than me mm-hmm. at the technical stuff and took my average talent level up 
and the next person I hired, I hired better than them and continued to grow our average talent level within the organization. Uh, and that is, has served well. Interesting. That is a, and that's a, a good external approach for selling as well because you're stepping up in the market with your abilities to implement as well as sell the pieces of it. Well, eventually, you know, everyone else at the company was so much better than I was that it, it freed me up to focus on not delivering service, but those other functions of operations and um, being the visionary, the CEO. Um, so while well, I started Amnet in 98, uh, so we're 22 years old and some change. I actually haven't had billable hours since 2008. So I personally have not been the guy doing the work mm -hmm. in 12 years. And now I'm about the last guy you want touching your firewall or your servers. Yeah. Let's hold that. We're going to be back after we hear from our sponsors. Okay. Welcome back to the new Cyber Frontier, uh, talking today in studio with uh, uh, founder and CEO of Amnet, Trevor Deerdorf. And um, before the break, you, you made a, a bold quote or statement that says, you're the last person in your company that you want to be doing the technical work now. And that's, that's a good place to be, that you have that much confidence and trust in your staff. Does that help with selling now when you go out and start talking to clients. Sure. Now I've got to make sure that what I'm selling, my team can deliver mm -hmm. for sure. So my, well, my technical aptitude is not at the granular, granular level that it once was. Um, I'm still big picture and can have those conversations. The people that I'm selling to aren't technical. Mm -hmm. They're not cybersecurity experts. What they need me to be is that uh, that translator that can take it from, from geek to English, or as we like to say it, talking in crayon, mm -hmm. and um, helping them see their need and delivering a solution that mitigates their risk and hopefully boosts productivity and all those other things that IT and cyber are supposed to do for us. So how much of those conversations is selling you versus selling the technical? Well... It's, it's not news to you or me that people do business with those they know, like, and trust. Mm -hmm. So establishing rapport is important before establishing that you're competent sometimes. And sometimes that depends on who you're sitting across from. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm big on personality types. And if I'm in front of a, uh, you know, like a disc profile, somebody who's a DC, they just want the facts they don't want to talk about what they do on the weekends or how many kids they have or where they went to school and what their favorite football team is. Um, they want to know, can you do what I need and how much? Mm -hmm. And so it's a different conversation. you got to get good at reading people to know how to approach those people. So I try and figure out right away, who am I sitting across the desk from? 
And sometimes I'm sitting across the desk. I had a meeting with a client today where the client brought four people with all with very different personalities. And um, it's, it's kind of fun to figure it all out and, and make sure you keep the right people engaged and, and saying what they are interested in hearing. Yeah, that was kind of the next thing I was going to ask is, do you ever get to pick who that person is in personality? Or is it really just whoever shows up you have to adjust to? No, you don't get to, you don't get to pick and you have to simply uh, be adaptable. And sometimes you are going to find yourself with a bad fit and mm -hmm. you don't, you'll, you'll just make yourself insane if you try and put that square peg in a round hole. Do you ever, I mean, you can reach out to the CEO or you can reach out to the chief technical person or the CISO. Do you, do you purposely, as you're trying to sell, go after certain personalities to have that certain conversation? And how would you arrange that? Well, I'm going to click, I'm going to click better more often with the CEO mm -hmm. because they're going to be more like me from a personality standpoint, most often. Um, but the larger the organization, the more likely we're dealing with a CFO or a COO type personality mm -hmm. that is really going to be more direct driver, detail oriented, um, and often less relational. So it's, uh, you can often tell, have some sort of an expectation just based on their job title, uh, who you're going to be sitting across from and how you need to talk to them. But you, 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 Operations and CFO are also decision makers and money persons, usually. Um, you didn't mention, you know, the choice of being with the technical person. So often, I think that's a mistake that technical vocation, cybersecurity people trying to sell make, is to go talk to the technical person. And it seems to me so often that that technical person doesn't have the decision making on spending money. No, they want to then tell, take your message and tell it to the COO, CFO. Yeah. And um, they can't tell your story as well as you can. And, um, you know, at Amnet, most of our clients are 20 to 200 employees. Mm -hmm. And they don't often have an in-house technical person. Um, so, yeah, most often I'm, when, when they get up above 50, I'm usually not dealing with the CEO. I'm more often dealing with a CFO or a COO. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, they just understand, have to be made to understand risks and benefits and um, and how it makes more financial sense to invest than to skimp. Yeah. Interesting. So in in terms of do you do you sell services or a product that you you said manage services? Is it people services or do you do like a uh, server resources and uh, call you know, data centers. Um, so we're a Microsoft shop. If we're going to put something in the cloud, it's probably on Azure. Okay. Um, in order, so we sell services, mm -hmm. but there's an awful lot of products involved in doing that, uh, and it's products that are transparent to the client. Mm -hmm. um, that cyber defense matrix I told you about—that's a five by five uh, matrix. To deliver those 25 squares, we've got probably 20 different solutions uh, 
to make sure we're covering all the bases of that NIST cybersecurity framework. And those are different software products that you would offer your clients? Software, hardware, gotcha. some it's services on the back end. Like, um, so Perch is our managed SIM solution. Mm-hmm. And so we've got our managed SIM. They've got a SOC. Actually, they've got three SOCs that analyze the logs, and they either remediate or escalate back to us. Um, that's all transparent to the client. They don't have to know anything about those details. They just know that we've got that box covered. Interesting. So you'd mentioned something, and this is I've heard this before, your Microsoft kind of partnership or mm-hmm. connection. How important, was, how early did you pair up with a, a giant, you know, vendor as a primary and, and how important was that to your selling and growing? Well, Amnet's been a Microsoft partner for 20 years. Okay. 20 of our 22 and a half, so most of it by far. Um, in the small business space, that's what businesses run on. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's Windows. It's Windows Server. It's Office. Um, now, since then, of course, you've got some competitors in the market, but there's always been competitors to the Microsoft suite. I mean, there was Open Office and Office Star and all these products trying to be Office but weren't. Mm-hmm. And Microsoft displaced anybody that they wanted to or they bought them. I mean, 25 years ago, people were talking about uh, it wasn't Excel. It was it was Lotus 1, 2, 3. And um, oh, all the... I remember that. And WordPerfect, I think, is now Word, right? They bought that company. They didn't buy WordPerfect. WordPerfect still exists Does out it? there. It's it went from being the dominant player to less than one percent of the market. I remember that. Most often, you'll find WordPerfect in uh, lawyers' offices. Interesting. But um, I think the only major software platform that Microsoft couldn't displace or buy, probably in MySpace, is QuickBooks. They pushed so hard for small business accounting their their accounting package. They were giving it away free, and people wouldn't take it. But. Yeah, I mean, they just placed Lotus and Novell and... Uh-huh. Yeah, so that's, I mean, that, that partnership seems to be big, and I've heard other people come on the show and say, yeah, get lined up with somebody big. That's how you you grow in cybersecurity. It used to be great being a Microsoft partner. They used to care a lot more about our space than they seem to today. Um, I have a hard time just my... I, I tried to... I have a new computer, and I tried to contact Microsoft here recently. It's hard to get a person anymore. I'm sure. wondering if they've downsized their staff to just a handful here and there. It's they've just... outsourced their staff. You know, Microsoft doesn't even provide tech support to their own employees. Uh, here in town, uh, tech experts okay. is the help desk for Microsoft employees. HP's done some of that. It's, it's crazy. Huh. But, um, you know... Microsoft early was a good way to grow. Amazon now with cloud services, you're doing a lot of Azure, Azure work, you said. Still um, Microsoft. Microsoft, yeah. And uh, bringing that, the, that partnership seems to be pretty valuable. Um, and I've, seen, I've heard that a lot for selling cybersecurity. So we're kind of, you know, we've been talking here for 25 minutes and uh, I don't know if it feels like a time just flies by. But uh, I wanted you to give the opportunity, what is it, that, that you do, you help customers with, who should reach out to you? Give a shout out for what, uh, how somebody gets a hold of you and what you can service and do for their, your customers. You know, for the most part, we provide 
managed IT services and cybersecurity for businesses in Colorado with 20 to 200 employees. Mm-hmm. We've got some larger clients that we're providing supplemental support to. So they've got in-house IT, but we've got greater expertise in multiple areas that they need help on um, or coverage for when they're short-staffed or whatever. Um, but I think more than anything right now, we're more than I'm looking for clients, I'm looking for good employees. Mm-hmm. And um, during this coronavirus time, people don't, in times of uncertainty, people cling on to the security that they have. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are not looking for work right now. Not uh, not the experienced kind of folks that we're kind of looking for right now. I'm, I'm looking for a, you know, a solid Microsoft sysadmin uh, who's strong in cybersecurity. Mm-hmm. I mean, we got to have, got to have both. And you're almost always bringing those people on with your last couple of years. I've heard from you, your team several times about positions like that. Continuing to grow. We're hiring for a, a service manager right now also. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've also all, always been a strong believer in you know doing internships and helping grow our own. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sometimes when you've got a, a gap at the top, you can't always bring somebody up from the bottom. Um, but as much as we can, like our current what project uh, and sales engineer Heath started with us as a as an intern, mm-hmm. and um, now he's he's doing all right. And yeah, he's, he's a critical member of our team. And I've heard people very happy with working for Amnet. You know, people that I know that around the area. So I would they're doing something right. Well, for anybody looking for a job. Uh, you're familiar with Glassdoor? Mm-hmm. So Glassdoor is like Yelp, but it's employees who rate the company they work for. Mm-hmm. Um, the average rating on Glassdoor is 3.3 out of 5. The top quartile is 4.3 out of 5. Amna is a 4.8 on Glassdoor. Uh, do your homework when you're going to go interview for a company and check out their Glassdoor ratings. You don't want to go get a job at a company that's 2.3 mm-hmm. uh, you're gonna hate it there so some unfortunately sometimes people spend more time planning their next vacation than doing research on their next career yeah yeah definitely well thanks for for joining today it's definitely always good to have somebody in studio and uh, two faces on so but thanks for joining absolutely have a good one thank you for listening to new cyber frontier Remember to follow or like our post and circulate each new show to your networks. We keep you informed, bring you the latest news, explore new trends, and find the hottest topics. With New Cyber Frontier, you don't have to be a computer or cybersecurity expert, just get plugged in. We encourage you to get involved. Tell us what topics interest you and join our mailing lists. You can find us on the web at www.newcyberfrontier.com. That's newcyberfrontier.com. Check out our previous interviews and please let us know if there are any topics that you would like to hear discussed. See you next time on New Cyber Frontier.